Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 3, titled The Ghost Network. Uh, Yet another very, very good episode that, thankfully, for the sake of my sanity, doesn't feature any body horror. Yay! Uh, So, there's two major things happening in this episode uh, that sort of get woven together. Start off unrelated, they become related, blah, 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 blah. Something, 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 Sherlock Holmes. Uh, (laughs) That really is kind of how a lot of... God, that is how a lot of Sherlock Holmes stories go, huh? Like, they do one case, and then they do another case, and they end up being related, huh? That is, uh... That's very common, isn't it? Not to Sherlock Holmes, but in a lot of mystery stories. Anyway, this is me totally going off the rails. The point is... There's two major threads going on that are intertwined and blah, 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 blah. The first is the bus attack. Dude goes on to a bus, uh, tosses this gas canister, this aerosol spray goes everywhere. Uh, They steal a backpack from who we eventually find out is a DEA agent, an undercover DEA agent with knowledge of the pattern. And then... That guy leaves, and the aerosol turns solid and encases everyone in amber, killing everybody. So, there's that, and we have to deal with that whole mess. At the same time, there is this dude that sort of pops on the radar, who is seeing all of these pattern cases... Before they happen. Who is getting visions of pattern cases. And creating drawings and models. Like constructing like exactly what these pattern cases become. Before they happen. In fact there's that really really good scene at the very very beginning. uh, In the confessional. Where the dude's trying to like. Where he's saying, like, I think the devil's talking to me. I think the devil's showing me all these things. I'm so scared of what's gonna happen on the bus. Like, it just intercut with the thing that's happening on the bus. And it's just like, oh, it's so good. That is such a great opening. Fringe has some really, really great opening sequences. They really do. But anyway... Uh, I want to spend more time talking about the man seeing these pattern cases than I do about the bus thing. Because honestly, this is more interesting. Honestly, that storyline is way more interesting than the bus thing. The bus thing has some really cool stuff. In fact, actually, that substance he used uh, is actually going to be a very, very large player in Fringe mythology. Uh, I think, like, Towards the end of season two, that is going to come back. Uh, This isn't like a plot spoiler or anything, uh, but that is going to become a major part of this world. So it is very, very significant in that sense. But dude who's seeing these pattern cases before they happen, like way, 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 way more interesting. 
So Walter sees this guy. They track this guy down. They bring him in. He tells a story. And Walter's me like, yeah, this dude's psychic. Theoretically possible. Uh, I want to prove it. And they put him in an MRI machine just to see his brain. Just to see what's going on up in his own head. And MRI fails a bit. And by fails, I mean exposes a magnetic substance in his blood that immediately starts getting almost ripped out of him. The MRI being a giant magnet, basically, uh, almost ripped him apart because he had some metallic substance in his blood. Uh, We then find out that this is connected to experiments that Walter Bishop conducted alongside William Bell way back in the day. These experiments were on something called the Ghost Network. It was something where uh, we could be on this own isolated system, person-to-person, just having conversations that no one can tap into, no one can overhear anything. Uh, and this dude was part of the experiments. Walter Bishop experimented on this dude, injecting him with like a small amount of this metallic substance that apparently multiplied and multiplied and multiplied and multiplied and multiplied, and multiplied over time. Now, this is laid dormant for so long, because he never actually got any training in how to use the ghost network and how to navigate the ghost network, but turns out someone, aka the guys who did the thing on the bus, perfected the ghost network many years later, and has been using that to communicate, and our dude is just sort of acting as a receiver, sort of hearing all of their conversations. And because of, like, what part of his brain all this stuff is concentrated in, it's all coming across as images instead of, like, sound. So he's not actually hearing the conversation. He's seeing what they're talking about. And basically what all these drawings and models are are just visual representations of what they're talking about. It just turns out what they're talking about is shit that's about to happen with the pattern, is shit that's about to happen, or these guys specifically are going to do in regards to the pattern. Which is so clever. It's such a great idea. So, Walter ends up initiating this experiment involving this helmet that... Peter and Olivia end up getting from uh, the bishop's old residence that Peter breaks into. Uh, (laughs) Uh, But Walter uses this thing to sort of drill into the dude's head and sort of make the compound sort of go to the part of his brain that processes audio instead of the part of his brain that processes visuals. Basically makes it so he hears rather than sees. And that way they can more easily, more directly interpret what is going on. So he does this, by the way, worth noting, I totally forgot this. I totally forgot to write this in my notes and I only just now remember that this was a thing. Guess who developed the chemicals used to create that amber? 
massive dynamic. Once again, massive dynamic is the common thread in all of these pattern cases. And by the way, I love when, because <laughs> there's a whole subplot of Walter gets a piano for some reason. Uh, <laughs> and he's playing the piano as they say the name, as they're talking about this. And then they say the name Massive Dynamic and Walter just, uh, da, 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 <laughs> on the piano. <laughs> and everyone just looks at him like, dude, really? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what was the point of that? <laughs> oh, it's great. It, it's absolutely lovely. It's an absolutely, uh, absolutely beautiful little bit. Absolutely beautiful little, uh, moment on Walter's part. And Olivia goes in, gets the list of chemicals on this, and then flat out says, Hey, um, so I've invested three of these now, and they've all linked back to you in some way. Literally every single case has brought me to Massive Dynamic. So, what the hell? And Nina's like, well, see, here's the thing. We're kind of the leader in science and technology right now. And our stuff is kind of like so massive and we're so ubiquitous at this point that, yeah, a lot of what you investigate is going to come back to us. Just by steer, sheer statistics. So it really is just a coincidence. You know, I could say the same thing for you. All of these have happened in your own backyard. Maybe, maybe you're responsible somehow. Uh, Nina just flat out deflecting. So the big question on Massive Dynamic is, is this all a coincidence? Is this truly science and technology is running amok, and it just so happens that Massive Dynamic is the leader in science and technology, so of course there's a correlation. Or is it Massive Dynamic is purposely orchestrating the pattern? Hmm? 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 So, there's that. I had to mention that. But anyway, back to brain surgery. Uh, so they do the thing, they get the audio deal going. This dude starts speaking in Latin. Like, really good Latin. I took Latin for three years of high school. This dude's speaking real good Latin. <laughs> uh, so, Astrid, having revealed that she studied in linguistics, as in a, in a, and is a linguistics expert, ex, yeah, and is a linguistics expert. I can talk. Uh, <laughs> having revealed that she is a linguistics expert, is able to translate the Latin and be like, okay, uh, they're doing an exchange at this place at this time. Uh, they were saying that what they were looking for was on her the whole time. And Dunham looks at this one drawing that hasn't come to pass yet of a woman with bleeding hands and immediately is like, oh shit. The handler, when he came in and we talked to him earlier, wanted to ID the body, went into the body and like looked like he was holding her hand for a bit. 
and Olivia goes to the morgue and sees the body, and surely, surely enough, there's like a big ol' incision on the chick's hand. So they pulled some out of her hand, and that agent's handler is definitely in league with these guys, and is handing off something to them. So, we go to the station, we go to this place, we go to this train station, and we go to corner these guys. There's this really, really great sequence of the FBI sort of coming in, coming in, coming in, uh, closing in, closing in, closing in, as our guy continues to say everything that comes into his brain that he's hearing the guys say from the ghost network. And, like, we get this big epic chase. The handler just dies immediately and gets shot by the person he hands this thing off to. We get this big chase with this dude's contact. And eventually we corner him. We get the briefcase. And this dude steps off and gets hit by... Oh, sweet poetic justice. A bus! I love that. I love that we start this guy episode by this dude and his organization killing a bunch of people on a bus. And he ends the episode getting hit by a bus. Like, it's just, that is karma. That is sweet, 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 sweet karma. Uh, But the thing we're looking for, the thing we were looking for is this little disc. Is this tiny little disc that we know nothing about. We have no information on this thing. We're just kind of, we're left with yet another question mark. And also worth noting, this guy leaves. He's getting nothing on the Ghost Network anymore. Uh, It's very, very lucky that these guys, it's very, very likely that these guys realized the Ghost Network was compromised. And then we're like, uh, nope, nope. And right out of that Ghost Network business, that failed. That wasn't great. See assholes. So no more Ghost Network. Ghost Network go bye-bye. And then we get this ending. Where Broyles goes and hands off this disc. To Nina Sharp. Who then takes it down into her. After a conversation with Broyles about like. Hey so you definitely tried to poach my agent. You definitely tried to steal my agent from me. That definitely happened last episode. <laughs> That's definitely a thing that occurred. And Nina's like, hey, look, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I just noticed some, someone great. I just noticed a real good, real good person. And I was like, I want. But then Nina goes down, hands off the disc to one of her technicians And they seem to know a little bit about this thing. Because Nina comes in and it's like, here's another one. So they've come in contact with this before. And not only have they come in contact with this before, but a disc they found came off of John Scott. This came off of John Scott, and they got information that they're decrypting from this disc that came from John Scott. And now they got this one from this DAA agent, who are clearly, clearly they're connected in some way. And they got two of these discs that they're working to try and decrypt and see what the hell is on them. 
Mm. Mm. Also, there's a little moment where Peter Bishop sort of runs into uh, some dude from his past. Uh, the dude's taking pictures of him and following him around. And Peter's like, hey, F off, asshole. And the dude's like, hey, you were supposed to check in when you got home. And Peter's like, hey, go away or I'll come after you and all your friends, blah, 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 blah. Uh, that's like a minor little thing that happens. Also, apparently, Walter's self-medicating. <laughs> so, yeah, that should probably, uh, I'll probably go well. That's probably a great idea with uh, no... No concerns or question marks added on top of it. Yay. Uh, but yeah, real good episode all around. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just to push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I will be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 4. Talk to you then.